Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Highly Functional. This is Brianne Showman, and I am joined today by Fred Rettman. Fred and I had a great conversation about intermittent fasting, but not from a weight loss or performance standpoint, more from a healing and recovery standpoint. Whether you are an athlete, a clinician, or a coach, I think you'll find this conversation highly valuable. So let's tune in. Fred, thank you for joining me today. How are you? I am great, thanks. How are you? I'm doing amazing. Um, I'm excited to have you on here and talk to you. We're going a little bit of a different direction than what I've gone um, conversation-wise on this podcast before, which I love to do. Um, And so I'm excited to dive into it. But before we do that, a little bit about you. Who are you? I'm Fred Rutman, also known as Repeatedly Dead Fred, um, (laughs) because that's, that's what has happened to me over the last 12 years. I've had some medical issues and um, I, it took medical calamities, I guess, medical error and stuff like that. And I've been clinically dead a few dozen times and uh, clinically dead is, you know, when your heart has stopped beating and you've stopped breathing for 30 seconds or more. So that can lead to a lot of damage. And every time my heart stopped, I collapsed and hit my head. So I had a ton of concussions, which are fairly prevalent in sports now. And, um, I found some things that have helped me a lot with the healing of this. So that's why I'm here. Awesome. Awesome. Well, not awesome for you, but (laughs) awesome to talk to you. Um, I just want to go into first, because I think a lot of people don't truly realize the impact that concussions can have on people. Like we all, you know, hear about the like foggy brain or the stars or the things that can happen, but what other things, you know, that we don't really think about are involved with the concussion symptoms? Well, my concussions were a little different because I uh, had a number of them in rapid succession, whereas most people only get, you know, one and they, depending on the severity, you know, it affects that. So I had the compounding issues. Um, I lost memory. I lost part of my ability to speak. I was slurring my words. I lost a lot of my balance. I lost my depth perception. I lost fine motor control. I had an entire language knocked out of my brain, which I'm still just working on recovering like 12 years later. Um, My reading speed went down, the brain, normal brain fog, stuff like that. And most of your things that your body normally controls at the subconscious level, like Um, you know, how much you sweat, like your tolerance to hot and cold and things like that also got knocked out. Um, My circadian rhythm got totally reversed. I used to be very much a morning person. Now I can almost never get up before, you know, 8am. It's really, really a a strange change to your life. As we were talking before, you know, you want to get back to your normalcy after your vacation. And uh, my normalcy is pretty much gone. Yeah, that's, I never realized, or never realized that was an impact, what could be impacted by concussions, but that would definitely be a change, especially if someone's a morning person or a night person, all of a sudden have a switch of their routine. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it used to be great. You know, you could hit the gym at, you know, 630 in the morning and before you go to work. And now it's like, you know, (laughs) can I get to the gym? (laughs) Right. Can I wake up to go to work? (laughs) Yeah. 
Well, um, before we, I know you used intermittent fasting. That was your most effective way to get over all of these symptoms, but what mm-hmm. else did you try prior to finding that as your solution? I think I used pretty much the, the go-to tools, um, which are exercise, which does, you know, your body a huge benefit besides the fitness level. Um, you know, it helps regenerate neurons and all sorts of things like that. And intense, intense learning, uh, forcing your brain to go back to work. And especially if you can get it to work in areas that were out of your comfort zone. So, you know, if you're not a musician, if you start trying to learn to play the piano or guitar or whatever, um, it, it tries, your brain tries to activate different pathways and regenerate pathways and that sort of thing. So I did intense, intense learning, uh, which I continue to do. And you tend to find people that, um, do intense learning and they're intense readers and debaters and, you know, looking into all sorts of things tend to lead longer and happier lives. I mean, you know, that's very anecdotal, but that's what I see from my observation. Maybe I'm just looking for it and I see it, but I I see it a lot in the community around me um, where these people are living, you know, well into their eighties and nineties and, you know, they're vibrant and their cognitive abilities are strong and, uh, I, I know lawyers that could go back to work and they're like 90 years old. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of truth to that because I've even seen studies of they've done autopsies on nuns who are learning throughout their entire life and their mm-hmm. brains show signs of Alzheimer's, but they never showed any signs of dementia throughout their entire life. So I think there's definitely some truth to, to that learning just to, mm-hmm. for that brain, the impact on the brain and happiness and health. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, and this is a true thing. I'm not making this up. There's a nun shortage, and because so there's less women going into the the nunnery. I guess is that the nun calling, and uh, you know they spend so much time in service of the elderly nuns, and uh, there's really a, it's a shame because they do such good work in the community. Yeah, but now that you mentioned that, I have heard that myself. <laughs> So how did you, before we get into the medical benefits of intermittent fasting, how did you come across that as being a possible solution and testing that out for yourself? Um, Just by fluke. uh, I went to see my cardiologist in February of 2018 and I was sitting in the exam room and he comes into the room and he literally throws a book at me. So the book was, um, I'll show it on the screen here, The Obesity Code by Dr. Jason Fung. Okay. And he's a nephrologist from Toronto, a kidney specialist. And uh, he started implementing it with his patients that had a lot of type 2 diabetes because they have neuropathy and they lose kidneys and limbs and, you know, just spiral into a, a terrible quality of life as they get older and their diabetes gets worse. And he found tremendous success with weight loss and getting their blood sugars under control and reversing their type 2 diabetes. So he did a presentation at my hospital or the hospital where my doctors worked and they all bought in. So their buy-in was, you know, for the weight loss part of it, they had no idea about the other health benefits of it. So the doctor throws the book at me and he says, uh, buy this, read this, do this. But then he gives me the medical disclaimer. After you talk to all your other doctors and make sure 
you know, we can keep your meds under control and there's no, you know, side effects and stuff like that. And uh, so anybody that may or decide to do this in the future, please do it with your, you know, proper health professional. And, you know, if you have a history of eating disorders or you're pregnant or breastfeeding, probably not a good idea. So good disclaimer. So yeah, it's, um, it took about two months for all my doctors to get together and um, give me the okay to this. And I started very conservatively on a 12-12 schedule. So that means I was only fasting for 12 hours and I had a 12-hour window where I could eat. Now, most people get excited. I can eat for 12 hours? No. <laughs> no, you don't eat for 12 hours straight. In that 12-hour <laughs> period, you can have your two or three meals or whatever. And it worked for me. I got my med my uh, blood sugars and uh, insulin medication monitored every two or four weeks. And pro I started that, I guess, in May of 2018. By September, my body was already letting me do a 23-1. It was, it was that fast for me. may not be that fast for other people, but it was that fast for me. Um, and so that was September. I started doing that. So then you switch to a protocol called OMAD, one meal a day. And instead of trying to have your normal three meals and, you know, having your 2000 calories or whatever that is, you just eat your one meal and a dessert or a meal and a snack or whatever you want in that hour. And then you start your fast over again. And uh, probably five months in, I noticed I had no more inflammation in my body. I used to wake up every morning and my body would just ache. So at one point I was 340 pounds. I had played a ton of hockey growing up because I'm Canadian and uh, it's the law. You have to play hockey. <laughs> uh, I played football and college rugby. So my body was pretty beat up. And I just thought this, every joint in my body aching was just the result of you know, all those impacts and uh, carrying all that weight and everything, but it went away. And that was, you know, 2018. And now it's mid 2022. I don't have an ache or pain in my body. Like nothing. I don't get a headache. I don't get migraines, uh, except for, you know, COVID over the last little while, which everybody gets. Uh, I just haven't been sick. It's quite amazing. Awesome. My asthma, asthma went away. My sleep apnea went away. Um, the scars from my various surgeries are fading, which is also something I can talk about later, but it's pretty common. And, you know, I ended up in as a moderator in uh, a fasting group run by Jen Stevens, who wrote Delay, Don't Deny and Fast, Feast, Repeat, uh, which is New York, New York Times bestseller. And I'm holding that up for the people who are watching on YouTube and the people who are listening to audio, you'll just have to guess. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, this is usually number one or number two on the New York Times bestseller for whatever the intermittent fasting category is. So it's both her and Jason Fung vie for the, for the top spot. And this is what I use as my Bible, Fast Feast Repeat. And what makes this such a great book is it tells you how to tweak and probably an intermittent fasting, 
the tweaking is the most important part for people because we're also, we have such different bioavailabilities and different genetic systems that get activated. So learning how to tweak um, to get the most benefit is, is uh, really important. <laughs> no, I'm glad you mentioned that part about the tweaking for your body, just because every, like, not that intermittent fasting is bad for anyone, but every body is a little bit different and making mm-hmm. sure to do it. So it's going to benefit you and, you know, help you in the right ways, I think is really important. Mm-hmm. And if people are wondering, well, why would it be different for me than you? What we're learning is this all goes back to your gut biome. And, you know, we all have trillions of bacteria in our digestive tract. And that's essentially what runs your body. And, you know, they're sending out all sorts of different neurotransmitters throughout your body and telling your brain to do this. And if you have a craving for something, it's usually because one of those bacterial groups are sending really strong messages. And um, I hope I get his name right. I think he's an Israeli researcher, Dr. Iran Elanov, something like that. He says when people do the weight regain, um, after they've done a diet per se, um, it's because these bacteria want to get back to pass their homeostasis and they signal your body to have these cravings and get you to binge and all sorts of things. They're crafty little buggers. <laughs> they definitely are. They definitely are. And I don't know how much the book goes into it, but I'm sure just knowing what I do about the female hormones and cycle, I'm sure you have to tweak things around that as well. Cause I know hormonally like our, how much food we want and need and does change mm-hmm. based on the, our cycles too. Yeah. That's a great point. And we see that a lot in the group that I moderated in, there was 335,000 people and probably 95, 98% of them were women. So cycles got talked about a lot and you know, even though it's a monthly thing for, for most women, it's, um, it's amazing how we don't recognize patterns because our bodies are so messed up from, mm-hmm. you know, ultra processed food. And um, I remember one woman saying there's, you know, certain days of the month, she just got like ravenous and she couldn't understand it. And she's like, I don't want to break my fast, but you know, when your body tells you something so overt and it took her a while to clue in that she was, you know, starting her cycle. And, um, so you became, you, the brain fog lifts after you fasted for a while and you become much more mindful or self-aware or whatever you want to call it, but it, it definitely kicks in. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, it's really funny. Cause I, I, uh, it wasn't until more recently that I started like really tracking my food intake because of my training, but I really started noticing those patterns of those ravenous days. Cause also I'm like, I've eaten a ton today. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you have to. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. You just have to listen to what your body's telling you. Yeah. If your body decides it's going to work on, you know, muscle rebuild and stuff like that for, you know, three, four, five days, um, you know, above its normal rates, you're going to need more input. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Let's take a quick break to talk about power insole. When I first heard about this product, I was automatically turned off because of the name. I thought it helped support the foot, which was a huge no for me. I quickly found out I was wrong. 
Power Insole is a two by two gel pad that goes inside your shoe that works on your body's cells to help improve your recovery and your performance. I've been testing this out for a couple weeks now and really am amazed by the results. Like my body just feels better. My legs don't feel as heavy. And one really cool thing is you can put it on an area that's maybe injured or just achy and that pain and stiffness goes away quickly, or at least it did for me, which I thought was awesome. If you are looking for just a simple, easy way that you can enhance your recovery and your performance, I really encourage you to check out Power Insole and give it a test ride for yourself. You can find more information about them and pick up one for yourself at getyourfixpt.com slash powerinsole. And if you use code getyourfix at checkout, you can save 10%. You can also go to my partner's page, getyourfixpt slash partners, and find the link directly to Power Insole as well as all my other partners. And now let's get back to the show. Well, let's dive into some of the medical things that do happen because we all know with intermittent fasting, you know, the weight loss benefits and that sort of thing. But talking about more of the medical side of things, what's happening internally into the body for the healing and recovery processes that happen? Okay. Um, The first thing that happens when you intermittent fast is your insulin levels, your um, basal insulin levels decrease. And that's uh, if your basal insulin levels are too high, that's when you get into metabolic syndrome and type two diabetes and things like that. It's a self perpetuating system where your body becomes addicted to insulin basically. And it keeps trying to get you to produce more and more. And it throws all your other hormones out of whack for the most part, big generalization, but (laughs) that's, that's the general understanding. So, it allows you to sort of drain the the pool of insulin and get it back to normal levels. So once you get it back to normal levels, the other hormones seem to have a dominant domino effect. And depending on the person, you know, certain hormones will normalize quicker than others, but uh, the leptin and ghrelin, which um, govern your hunger and satiety signals get back to normal. So we call that appetite correction. Um, if you're fasting for a long period, longer period of time, like maybe over 18 hours, your growth hormone kicks in and we've seen growth hormone kick in, um, for some people to near teenage levels when you're going through those growth spurts and why this is super important for women, especially is because of osteoporosis growth hormone is your driver of bone density. And it's super, super helpful for you to avoid getting those weakened bones. Um, And of course, growth hormone helps you grow and maintain your muscle. So you don't have what's called is sarcopenia. Is that when your muscle dies off over time? Something like that? Yeah, I'm some of these medical terms, even though I'm PT, I'm bad at forget. (laughs) I I call it atrophy, but yeah, it's a sarcopenia as well. Yeah. So it's a, you know, it won't eliminate it because there's no way to eliminate it for sure. But, you know, adding that extra growth hormone and having your body recognize it needs to produce more of it Mm -hmm. is is huge. And, you know, it helps the muscles repair faster. 
and all the other things that growth hormone does. Um, it helps moderate your cortisol levels, which you know is your stress hormone, and um, adrenaline and all sorts of other things. So that, you know, there's dozens of hormones way beyond anything I can talk about, but it's um, all these things get activated. Okay. And you just start feeling a lot better. <laughs> Definitely. Um, as you're talking, it made me uh, think, I know you mentioned pregnancy, breastfeeding. Are there any other populations or people that like this just is not safe for people to do? The general guidance is that if you've had an eating disorder, however you define that, you really either shouldn't do it or only do it under strict medical supervision. Um, because a lot of people will tend to get caught up in the chase and they start thinking, well, if I can fast for 20 hours, 25 hours should be better. Mm -hmm. And that may not be better for you or 30 hours or 60 hours or whatever. So, um, and I'm not an expert in eating disorders, but you know, that's part of the problem is we, we don't recognize the signals and we can go overboard and, um, not read our body signals properly and then you get into trouble. Mm -hmm. I can see how that'd be a problem. Definitely. Uh, you mentioned in passing earlier, the scar tissue decreasing. I would love to, for you to talk about how that's happening. Our, <clears throat> our body has a process called autophagy or depending if you're from out of the U S autophagy. Um, <laughs> and it's a system that that's working 24 seven. In, in everybody. And what it does is it hunt, hunts down folded proteins. And folded proteins are proteins that didn't get put to work properly in the body to do whatever they were supposed to do. And they end up in your cells, all these torn up bits of, of protein chains, and they start to clog up your, your cells. And you know we can't feel anything that's going on in the cellular level, so we don't even know this is happening. So the autophagy process goes to clean these things out. And so it's like pouring Drano down your pipes or, or whatever. But when it clogs up your cells, it literally clogs up your cells and it impairs your cells ability to make energy. So going through the ATP cycle through my grade 11 biology <laughs> and stuff like that. So everything gets messed up at the cellular level. So the more it can get rid of those proteins, um, the better it is for your body. And the longer you fast, the, the more ramped up the autophagy goes. We know it seems to peak, get to its top speed around 42, 44 hours, depending on the person. So there's more benefit. So it's like going from, you know, driving in the school zone at 10 miles per hour to, you know, getting onto the highway at 70 or 80 miles per hour. That's, that's the difference in effect. So, um, and your scars are mostly collagen protein. Mm. So, you know, scars I, I had in my head, um, scars I've had for surgery. Um, people lose their skin tags. Women have told us their cesarean scars and their varicose veins are disappearing. Mm. Um, so it's pretty legit. Yeah, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. uh the other thing i have written down that i wanted to go over and you kind of mentioned as far as the microbiome and how that improves 
how, you know, I know obviously eating a processed diet is not good for your microbiome that we want to eat whole foods, but how does intermittent fasting improve that even more than just eating real food? That's a great question. Um, when your gut biome gets knocked out of kilter, so you've got more bad bacteria, it's, it's almost like a tribal experience in your digestive tract. So, you know, you've got all these tribes of bacteria that are fighting for dominance and you want the large majority to be the good bacteria. But when you eat ultra processed food, they love sugar, these bad bacteria, and that's their weapon of mass destruction. And that's what throws it out of balance. And then you get leaky gut. And that's when the very thin line in your digestive tract that tries to keep these bad bacteria out of your system lets them in. And, you know, your body becomes toxic for lack of a better term. And your immune system gets out of whack and it doesn't protect what it should protect. And um, everything just goes off kilter. So when you intermittent fast for a while, you'll find a couple of things happen. I mentioned the appetite correction, mm. but you'll also find foods will taste different because your, your cells get freed up to, to do what they're actually supposed to do. So for example, um, do you have Twizzlers licorice or something like that? Yeah. Yep. We have those. So you still love Twizzlers. Now I can't stand the taste of them. So your body starts to start rejecting the ultra processed foods mm -hmm. and, you know, you're still responsible for what you eat and everything like that, but uh, it makes it much easier to be responsible because your taste change and your amount uh, of food that you want to eat changes. So it's a really, really powerful combo. Um, you know, there's a lot of foods that, I will eat now because they taste appealing, uh, especially fruits and vegetables that I wouldn't have eaten, you know, five years ago. Um, and there's things that, you know, I don't consider uh, window worthy anymore. <laughs> I so, like it. I like it. Uh, I know you mentioned in our previous conversation as well that intermittent fasting also activates epigenetics. Yes. So my understanding of epigenetics is we, we have our primary genes that we see expressed. So, you know, your hair color, your eye color, your frame, you know, how tall you are and stuff like that. But your body has these subsystems in the gene pool that um, activate things like autophagy and all sorts of other similar processes in your body that we're just starting to find out about. Um, and one of those things um, is heat shock proteins. So that's an epigenetic system. Are you familiar with these? I'm not those by name. I, I mean, epigenetics, I know kind of in a very general sense, but not the heat shock proteins. So the heat shock proteins are a, a subsystem gets activated factor. So Dr. Rhonda Patrick is a huge proponent of saunas and regular sauna. And the research she's found and uh, read about is, says regular sauna use will reduce your comorbidity factors by like 
And that's across the board. That's like Alzheimer's and the plaque that builds up, dementia, cardiac, everything. And that's because sitting in the sauna activates these heat shock proteins, which act as a moderate workout for most people. So if you're sitting in the sauna after you've adapted to it, again, warning, don't go into the hottest sauna you can find for an hour. Um, when your body acclimates it, it's like doing a moderately hard workout without doing anything except sitting there and sweating. So, and it really doesn't matter which type of sauna you use, you know, whether it's infrared or steam or, you know, the regular dry sauna, they all have a considerably good effect on your body. Okay. That's really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, He's great. You broke you up should... just a little bit in there. Um, okay. Right before the, you started talking about her and the sauna research. Um, so what specifically are the heat shock proteins? How do they, what do they do for the body? They essentially mimic um, a moderately hard workout without you doing anything. Okay. So you get the benefit of exercise without actually having to do the exercise. So for a lot of people, you know, you don't have the strain on your joints or the impact injuries or things like that. So the heat shock proteins just activate cleaning out your arteries and veins and uh, protect you against all the things, um, all the morbidities. So Alzheimer's, dementia, uh, cardiac, everything like that, um, diabetes, MS, it, it just helps you push those aside to, to a great deal. Um, it's really, really powerful tool to add, you know, nobody's suggesting don't do any exercise because (laughs) that puts a different type of stress on your body, but, uh, the sauna plus the exercise plus eating well, you know, it's a really potent defense system. Mm -hmm. Okay. I'm not, I've never been a huge fan of saunas, but I may have to start utilizing them. (laughs) <laughs> well, Rhonda's got a really, really good podcast. Um, I think it's called Found My Fitness. Okay. So, you know, she's a she's an actual researcher. So, um, you know, PhD, blah, 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 brainiac. An old person. <laughs> Smarter than but me. She has, yeah, she has really, really interesting guests on. Okay. I'll check that out. Thank you. Thank you. Well, is there anything else, kind of start closing it out, anything else we haven't mentioned today about intermittent fasting that you think would be important to bring up? Well, you do get some weight loss, um, and that happens for different people and different rates. Um, Your body, as a big generalization, tends to prioritize, prioritize healing itself before it gets to the weight loss part of things. So if you have a very beat up body like I did, it might take you longer to see any results on the weight loss side. Mm, okay. Um, but, you know, the, the body goes into ketosis when you fast, which is a, your brain seems to prefer fueling itself off ketones as opposed to carbohydrates. And that's the part that gets rid of the brain fog and all those other issues. But your energy stores last for so long, like, you never bonk when you're fasting, once you're, you know, you're, you've adapted to it. And I know many people in the group that, you know, regularly do triathlons and marathons in the fasted state. 
So I'm no super athlete like that. Um, Peter Atia talks about doing his endurance swims and triathletes um, and uh, in the fasted state. But I know I've done 90 minute bike rides in the Toronto heat and humidity um, and gone like 60, 90 minutes fairly easily. Okay. Very cool. Very mm-hmm. cool. Well, if anyone has more questions for you about how this all works, or maybe wants to join into some of the groups that you've talked about, where can they find you or more information? They can find me on my Instagram, which is repeatedly dead Fred, or repeatedly.dead.fred at Gmail. And uh, happy to connect with anybody. And um, if they want uh, to go right to the master, Jen Stevens, they can go to jenstevens.com and connect with her on there. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time today. This was really informative. And I think a lot of people will get some good benefits out of it. I hope so. Thanks for having me on. You're welcome. I really hope you enjoyed today's episode and got some great information from it. If you are looking for more great information, I encourage you to go check out getyourfixpt.com. There you can gain access to blog posts, other podcast interviews, my online programs, and the Race Prep Masterclass, which is for you if you are a chronically injured runner with foot and ankle issues. Once again, that is all at getyourfixpt.com. And I hope you join us next week for another great episode.